This is Blaine Zimmerman from Circle City Vets. This week on Veteran Cast, we have Operation Job Ready Vets. The mission of Veteran Cast is to educate, inform, and improve the lives of veterans in our community. This is a podcast hosted and produced by veterans in order to serve our sisters and brothers. Welcome to Veteran Cast. Uh, had a quite a little bit of a lull there, a little kind of a week off, <laughs> and uh, this week coming back strong, we got two gentlemen from Operation Job Ready Vets, Mike and Tom. Guys, you want to go ahead and introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Tom Royst. I'm the IT director with Operation Job Ready Veterans, and I'm Mike Spenda, Army veteran myself. Uh, I am one of the trainers and career coaches at Operation Job Ready Veterans. And Doug's here as always. I am here as always, yes. So uh, we were introduced to Operation Job Ready Vets through Wes Woods. So if you remember a few episodes back, Wes from InVets. And Wes has been doing um, a couple different initiatives, a couple projects with you guys. But um, why don't you give us an overall, you know, kind of view, 50,000-foot view of what's Operation Job Ready Vets do? Is it indie-centric or is it, you know, national? Exactly, you know, kind of what uh, benefits or things do you give veterans as they're moving to Indianapolis? Okay. Um, Operation Job Ready Veterans is a nonprofit organization that specializes in, in transition for veterans, service members, spouses, and dependents of working age within the veteran community. Uh, we host a five-day veteran employment transition seminar free for veterans and all of our clients uh, to attend and it focuses on transition whether you're transitioning out of the military or transitioning back into the work- workforce some some way to help with that piece and we also do resume development resume define refinement and that focuses on taking all your military experience and terminology and turn it into civilian language to where a civilian can understand what you did in the military uh, we also do networking <coughs> with uh, employers we do network with them with networking events such as this and show them different opportunities where they can get out and, and build a network if they don't have one in their career field that they're trying to get into and at the end we do uh, a solid day of interviewing skills interviewing techniques give them tools and guidance on how to answer those simple questions like why did you leave your last position for example and then on friday we do a formal graduation and uh, we have a hiring fair at the end where we invite some of our partnered employers to come in and want to hire our clients to get them back into the workforce. Uh, we pretty much service the whole part of Indiana. Uh, part of, we do the Chicagoland area, obviously all the way down to Evansville, Indiana, and part of Northern Kentucky uh, with, our, with our program. So we're a small organization. We just have 10 employees, but we, we wear multiple hats and um, I, I enjoy I love what I'm doing. I've been doing this for almost three years, and I'm one of the vets trainers and the career coaches for the organization, and, and I love what I do. So you said you were, you were an Army vet yourself. What did you do while you were in? How long were you in? When did you I was out? in for 27 years. I uh, retired five years ago, and the majority of my career was in aviation and logistics. Tom, are you a vet as well? I am. I did 24 years in the field artillery. Uh, I retired right here from IUPUI as an ROTC instructor. 
Got a great job working down at Camp Atterbury as a computer-based simulations instructor. But when the war slowed down and that contract ended, I found myself out of employment and not knowing where to go. Uh, so I made it my mission to find every program that was out there to help put a veteran to work. That drew me to the Department of Workforce Development where I was shortly uh, and then found the opportunity to transition over to Operation Job Ready Vets where I've been for about four and a half years now. One of the things Mike failed to mention is in addition to the employment piece, we also try to educate the veteran on the benefits that are out there. Uh, there's so many benefits and programs and there's not one clearinghouse that can educate a veteran on those. So we help try to steer them in the right direction with their transition plan, which may not necessarily mean employment right away. As a part of this, Mike and I just passed the certification course to become a veteran service officer, uh, where we hope to be accredited within the next four months. Yeah, so we've had Matt Hall on uh, a few times. He was on one of the first episodes, and then he just kind of has a standing invitation. This is to all come. his fault. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he has a standing invitation to come, you know, drink our beer and there sit back go. and pop some jokes in every once in a while. So he shows up every once in a while, but he gave a, a, a pretty good definition of what a veteran service officer does and why you really need to make sure that you have, have talked with your veteran service officer. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just joking right before that I said then, yeah, I'm going to get on it. I'm going to go do mine. I still haven't. So you guys got to hold me accountable to getting in there. And there you go. <laughs> yep. You need to get it done. You just never know what so you're going to get. when you guys finish that um, accreditation process and get that, will you get plugged into a specific area right away? Like how does that work once you're accredited? Will people just be able, anybody come to you, or how does that work? Yeah, I think um, – our mission as far as that piece, uh, Tom and I will still stay employed at Operation Job Ready Veterans, but it's just going to be another location for a veteran to come to, you know, to say, hey, I need some help with a claim, or I need to file a claim, or I need to do an appeal, or whatever that process is that they need. It's another place that they can go, you know, to get the services that they deserve. Yeah, and one of the things that you said that I think gets lost a lot, and I think we talked about it briefly with Courtney, is the spouses and family member piece. Um, you know, we talk about veterans and how awesome they are and everything all the time, but I think everybody knows the hardest working, uh, you know, service member out there is the veteran spouse. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're extremely important, um, and resilient and can roll with the punches. And I think that they get lost in a lot of these things because we're, we get really focused on, we got to get veterans jobs or we got to make sure they get educated. And we forget that, you know, their spouse may have. A degree in a field and also try be trying to figure out how to how to get into the workforce because they've moved so much they've never really been able to to have that career um, so what types of things do you do when you get spouses or family members do they go through that same course yeah they go through the same the same seminar that uh, veterans do and service members uh, we assist them the same way with resumes uh, once um, the course is completed they complete the course I send their resumes out to potential employers just like I do the veteran. I mean, they, and we tell that from the beginning. Our location, you know, is a safe place for all veterans and families to come. If there's something they need or something they just need to talk to about, we're there for them. You know, so they're treated basically the same way as a veteran does. They're still a client of ours, and we're going to do everything in our power we can to whether it's find employment or find some sort of resource within the community. That's what we do. 
one of the biggest things with that for a spouse is helping them explain the breaks in service they may have had while they're raising children due to their spouse being deployed overseas and help them explain why they have that job transition because the military has reassigned their family from post to post to mm -hmm. post. So we help them explain that in an interview. So when somebody looks at their resume and say they held this job for 18 months and then moved to another one or had big breaks in uh, employment, we help them explain that due to their spouse's military service. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's good because I was thinking that when you were talking about spouses going through the, the courses, I would I assumed that, that was one of the things that you guys helped right. with because, um, you know, there's not a piece of an application that has you self-identify as a military spouse. Right. You can self-identify as a veteran or a disabled veteran or many other things, but there's no explanation yeah. on that resume really that says, well, why didn't you work for two years or why did you work for a year in New York and then a year in El Paso? Um, how do you explain that? So I think that's awesome that that's one of the things mm -hmm. that you guys coached them through because mm -hmm. I know that you know the statistics say that the employer may only look at a resume for 10 seconds. They may see that spouse's resume and go, this person can't hold a job. Right. Um, so I think that's awesome. Um, what other types of organizations have you guys partnered with? So you talk about, you know, you have the education piece that you guys do. Um, when it, somebody comes in and just says, hey, I'm new to the area, like I actually found a great job. Uh, I don't know where to move. Or I don't know where to go find the, the best CrossFit gym. Like, do you guys partner with organizations for stuff like that as well? Uh, we do. Um, a lot of it, too, depends on the community, you know, that they're, they're living in. Say, like, Indianapolis, there's just so many resources out there for veterans and family and service members' families that I had no clue was even out there when I was still serving in the military. Um, the, the thing that helped me out was that when I transitioned out of, off of active duty, I was able to get a position in what was called a uh, family assistance specialist here in Indianapolis. Started in Kokomo and I moved back to Indianapolis. So, but there's 13 of those centers scattered throughout the state of Indiana and they're designed to go out and look for community resources within the communities that they have. You know, so that's an excellent uh, resource for service members and veterans to use. And there's one at Tyndall Armory just downtown here on Pennsylvania Street. And there's also one out on 59th Street in Lawrence. Uh, over there at the National Guard Armory out there. So that's one. And there's all kinds of other veteran service organizations, you know, like the American Legions, VFWs, you know, those sorts of things. And there's also other committee meetings and, and uh, organizations like that. Like there's a MACV meeting, the Mayor's Action Committee for Veterans that meets once a month. Um, you know, so there's all kinds of those things out there. The, the thing is, is that there's really not a, kind of like you said, a one-stop shop to go to you know, to find all these different resources under maybe one click on an internet link or a text from somebody we'll or there. whatever yeah. that that might be. <laughs> and I know there's some initiatives being worked on to get that, you know, going. And I think that would be an excellent opportunity for that. Yeah, I think one of the things that I found, you know, in the months of trying to form Circle City Vets and kind of what we've been trying to do is there's a lot of people doing a lot of different things. And we're all, we all have the same goal. Yeah. Uh, we just need to figure out how to get together and say, okay, well, here's some gaps that we can fill here, and here's some gaps these folks over here can fill. Um, I think probably for too long here in Indianapolis, we had a bunch of people that were 
in the same boat with the same mission, but they were all paddling different directions. Mm -hmm. One of the things we do is on Wednesday afternoon during our seminar, we give about an hour long briefing to everybody on the different service organizations and the programs we know of. Team Red, White, and Blue, Team Rubicon, the mission continues, uh, Project Healing Waters Fly Fishing, Association of the United States Army, the Navy Club. We try to give them all the programs we know of and hopefully something will stoke their interest so yeah. they can belong to something. Uh, it's a daunting task trying to transition to a new community, but if you can get involved in one of these programs that have your interest, it makes that transition so much easier mm -hmm. uh, if you can latch on to another veteran that's been through that program. Uh, that's the biggest thing we found. And for me, it was life-changing. If I hadn't found some of these programs, I probably wouldn't be here today. Uh, so. Well, and, and with that, you know, so how are people finding you guys right now? Um, many different ways through our community partners, you know, be it the, some of the different veteran service organizations. Uh, we go to the VA a lot. Tom was at the VA this afternoon. Um, you know, word of mouth, we have Facebook page, we have a Twitter account, we have LinkedIn account, um, our own webpage, you know, as well. And so it's just, there's, they don't come really from any one source. It's yeah. just a matter of, and we have some walk-ins. Push, pull, or drag, a, huh? Yeah, I had a gentleman <laughs> walk in this morning <clears throat> that was an Army veteran. He's uh, getting ready to lose his job. He's been in an organization for 19 years. He was told today that his last day of work is going to be April the 6th. And it's him and two other buddies that are in the same boat, and they're all veterans. And he walked in, and uh, I gave him our information, talked to him a bit about it. And I think they're going to come to one of our seminars here real soon, and he's going to pass the information off to his other buddies. Nice. You know, so, so yeah, so in many different ways that we get our clients. The Voc Rehab from the VA, they send a few candidates to us as well as the employment piece of the VA Medical Center. But our biggest referral is from the veterans that have been through our course. Mm -hmm. They share the information on it. Uh, if they tell one or two of their buddies, because they all veterans run in packs of veterans. Yeah. Uh, so that information is mostly shared vet to vet, and that's how we get most of our people. Is my belief. Mm -hmm. The um, does it cost any money to take part in the seminar? Nope. The seminar is free. Um, we feed you lunch for free. We have different partners that donate lunch every month that want to support veterans. Uh, so we have a roving list of that that we alternate through every month for that piece. So the, the community support that we get, you know, is just amazing through our seminars, not only in Indianapolis, but also down in Evansville and up in the Chicagoland area as well. It's just, it's just overwhelming out there for us. So I'm assuming you probably get a lot of funding through like grants and things like that. What other sources of funding do you guys do? Fundraising events, like what types of things do you do to be able to raise the money, money to be able to, to host these seminars? Yeah, we get funding through the, the Lilly Endowment here in Indianapolis. We also get funding from the Call of Duty Endowment up in Chicago. Uh, we have some organizations that donate money. We also have uh, a grant writer in our organization that also helps grants. As far as fundraising, we really have one major fundraising event a year, and that's a, a motorcycle ride, normally either in August or September. Normally starts out at Southside uh, Harley and Greenwood, and then we just plan different routes. This year, we ended up at the Avon Post over in Avon. As an ending point, they provided lunch for us and stuff at the end, and we do door prizes and all those sorts of things with that piece. So it sounds like we need to have you back on around August and have you yeah, promote that. Absolutely. Get some vets out to that. So you were thinking that. I was thinking I need, it's time to buy a bike. 
Yeah, that too. You should just I can hook you up with a guy, the sales manager at the South Side, as a matter of fact. I was in the military go. with him. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, do you have, I'm curious, I'm sure you guys have a thousand success stories. Are there any that stick out to you that, that just have always just kind of stuck with you? Somebody that came in and by the time they did their seminar and, and what happened on the back end of that just have always kind of stuck with you and it's, you know, maybe a driving force is why you keep, you know, getting up every morning. I have one recently, um, and Tom, I'm sure you probably have one you can share as well. Uh, this veteran, he was homeless. He came through our January seminar. And um, in the meantime, with about three weeks after he completed, he had gotten a job interview and gotten a job working with an organization here in Indianapolis. And uh, I've been conversing with him back and forth, and he says, I need some tools to do my job is what I need to do. And I said, okay, how much do you need? So he sent me a list of tools, and so our organization bought him tools in order for him to start his job. He's been working now about three weeks, and he's loving it, and he's getting back on his feet. And he's, that's probably one of the, the best success stories that we've had, even though it's recent. It's the best one that's probably gonna stay with me for the longest period of time because he was a homeless veteran, going into a house, getting a job, you know, getting stable, having a place to live, and being able to support himself and his family. Do you have any time? Yeah, we had an uh, individual come through, had wonderful skills. Uh, he was offered a job for a welding position. Uh, it was contingent, though, upon him getting back his driver's license so he could be able to drive vehicles back and forth. It was a welding job working on equipment. Uh, the only thing he didn't have, he was homeless at the time, but he didn't have the $263 to get his license reinstated. So we paid the $263 for a bad parking ticket and some court costs, and his license was suspended over a parking ticket, which was keeping him from getting employed. Uh, we paid the $263, he got his license back reinstated, and he is hired, uh, making over 50,000 years starting uh, as a welder, that he never would have had that opportunity if somebody hadn't taken the time or the effort to help a veteran out. So it's the little things like that that people don't look at it and realize uh, $263 to him was a lot of money. Yeah. But to a lot of people, you ask them for it and they'll give it to you yeah. uh, just to help a veteran out. Mm -hmm. So how long, <clears throat> I'm late in the game asking this question, how long has Operation Job Ready Vets been doing this? Since about 2014, we've started up here in Indianapolis running the Veteran Employment Transition Seminar. It was originally started in Crane and it was to help disabled veterans coming off the Crane Naval Base uh, get certifications to go back in and work on Crane as civilian contractors. Uh, about 2014, uh, late 2013, early 2014, we decided to move up to Indianapolis, uh, developed a veteran employment transition seminar. And since then we've done about helped about 1,500 people find employment here in the Indianapolis area. Mm -hmm. That was going to be my follow-up is yeah. how many. Um, where's Crane? Sorry. Crane's down south southwest of, of Bloomington. Southwest southwest of Bloomington. Of Bloomington. Yeah. Oh, it's in Indiana? Mm -hmm. Correct. I feel like I should have known It's that. a big employer. Yeah. 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 There's a huge town called Bloomfield right outside the gate. It probably has like 10, 15 people in it. <laughs> you know, so, so if you get to Bloomfield, you could about throw a rock to crane. It's the largest Army ammunition depot in the United States. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Hires but it's a naval base. It's a naval, mm -hmm. correct. Okay. Okay. Um, 
They don't trust you guys with the big stuff. <laughs> Speaking of Army Navy. Well, it, it happens to be if it blew up, nobody would notice. Did you guys see the Army-Navy game this year? Happened to you. I watched part of that uh, game, yes. I, it's not a podcast unless I've rubbed it in that <laughs> Army beat Navy this year. The, you um, start doing like one a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> well, it became one of those things that you made a bet with Scott. We had an Air Force pilot that was yeah. on with his brother. And they got here before I did. And Doug said, um, I can't imagine he's going to find a way to bring this up today. Well, Scott told me that, and I was like, okay, well, I'll find a way to bring it up every episode right. now until the streak is over, which may be never. Yep. I'm just, I'm just, look, I'm just going to eat it. <laughs> That's all I can do. He has nothing to say. So you guys are located over by Fort Bend, which is, for those that don't know, uh, east side, northeast side, basically, northeast Lawrence, side. Um, over basically like Post Road, 56th Street area. If you know where the state park is, um, it's just outside of the state park. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just saying, I, I actually, I accidentally happened upon it one day when I was out over there. I mm-hmm. saw, Oh, that's where it's at. I knew that, that existed. I didn't know where it was. Um, so you guys have started kind of doing some stuff with Wes and kind of looking at some stuff like that. Is there anything that you can share at this point? Is there anything that, what, what are you guys kind of working on bet. as far as we're still working on that piece as part of the recruitment model for Wes trying to recruit and bring veterans back to the state uh, in the manufacturing or the automobile industry. He's trying to offer other programs to those that aren't interested in the manufacturing. Another initiative we're working on has to do with cybersecurity uh, and trying to get them paired together and recruit vets to come back for that as well. Yeah. Uh, trying to make Indiana the hub for cybersecurity. There's a whole lot of IT going on here. Yeah. Uh, Salesforce coming in is a big piece of that. Can you get them in yeah. with Rook? Yeah, Rook Security. They hire vets. They love they love vets over there. Well, there's the Cybersecurity yeah. Alliance. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. We're partnering with them as well nice. on basically the same initiative we're partnering with InVets and Wes on, and that's to help them recruit uh, veterans to come back to Indiana to go into the cybersecurity piece. That's awesome. Um, so would you say that the majority of vets that come through go into a manufacturing or skilled labor type role or cybersecurity, or is it much broader than that? Is there one field that you guys have a little, little bit more of a niche in, not from an educational standpoint, but the vets that you see coming in? The largest industry the vets we see go into is government. Okay. Whether it's the VA, state government, Indiana DWD, police forces, firefighting, they go into the government agency at some form, shape, or do you, another. Do you think that that's a result of the partnerships you guys have made, or is do you think that that's more of the types of vets that have been moving to Indiana are a little bit more, you know, geared towards that type of work? I think a lot of it has to do with the veteran preference, and they move to the top of the list or move up in the list for employment in the government agencies. Uh, I think it's competitive. The benefits are good. And I think they're suited to it because of their previous military experience uh, and can move into that and transition well. Yeah, I think that we need to get you connected with Doug here and get you more into the tech industry too. Yeah, I mean, and, and we, we're, you know the stats on how many jobs are coming. Yeah, I mean, we're down, we're down about 4,000 uh, openings right now 
in the tech community here in town. So that's that Salesforce, you know, kind of mm-hmm. that you're talking about. Our 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 goal, like Tech Warriors, is coming up on March 26th. But part of that goal, March 6th. March 6th. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Thank you. If you show up on the 26th, yeah. then it's yeah. a little late. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be more beer. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, March 6th, but that's part of our you know, th- thing is that we have to educate that tech community uh, on how great vets are to hire as well. So it's it, we we got to work on both sides of that coin there. Yeah, yeah I think it's definitely double-sided in that there are probably a large pool of vets that think, well, I'll never be able to get a job in the Salesforce tower or Mm -hmm. Rook security or something with computers. So we need, we need to, you know, kind of bring them in and go, no, you can here. There are definitely jobs out there. We can show you how to get the training for it. But then on the other side, teaching the tech community, why, hiring veterans is a is a plus for their because there's just a big ignorance in that community that you know they they when they think that you know they think you know someone that just walked around with a rifle for mm-hmm. six years they you know and the stats mm-hmm. are pretty high 58 percent of vets come back with with some kind of certification or, or third-party school you know uh to do with technology and 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 then the rest of the vets still had to deal with technology every single day, you know, in their day-to-day job. So it's it's one of those things that we just got to open people's eyes that this is this is a premium, um, you know, employee to have under right. your belt. And that's one of the things that that's good about our our organization and our program is it's all about the transition piece. You know, you, you know, all of us were veterans sitting in this room, and you know, as as well as anybody else, that all the technology and stuff that the military has it is just freaking out outrageous mm-hmm. you know so yeah. if we all worked on different parts of some sort of radio communication equipment or a computer or whatever that was you know we help the veterans transition all that military lingo to civilian language to where you know an organization like what you're talking about understands oh this guy or gal has experience in in Macintosh platforms you know or yeah. Microsoft 10 or whatever that might be okay this individual might be a good fit for our company. Phil, if, you could, if you could order a part in the military, yeah. you're, you're a genius. Right. No <laughs> well, kidding. Well, I'm, I'm going to take, <laughs> take this opportunity and plug VetForce. Uh, as yeah. a veteran, yeah. you can register and you can take all their training and they'll pay for the course and right. certification. doesn't cost you anything. That's how I got my Salesforce certification. Yeah. And I'm continuing to build on that, which I'm using Salesforce in our organization every day. Yeah. Uh, through that free training, it is unbelievable the skills I've learned and have just turned our Salesforce uh, around yeah. on what we're doing. Well, it saves thousands of dollars from you, from the end user, but it also saves the company thousands of dollars because yeah. there are a lot of companies that are probably out there looking for a Salesforce admin going, well, you want to find one but I want them to already be trained because I don't want to have to pay for their $2,000 certification and another 400 bucks for the test. So if you can bring a veteran that can get that training for free, you know, why not, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, to your point, it is possible even for the guys that carry a rifle around for six years because that's what I did. I was a straight leg, and I've been in tech for four years. Well, it's not even close, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's. I, I think the people people I, veterans are down on themselves. I think yeah. on that they come back from the field and they and they and they think, oh my God, you know, this is just a. I mean, you guys live this every day, right? Mm-hmm. They just think there's no way, there's no way. You know, for me, it was go to the shipyards, right? Yeah. That's 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 where we all went. And uh, for know, us, normally it's go be a cop. 
Yeah. If you're an infantry guy and you go be a cop. But you know, I, I was I was blessed, maybe maybe blessed that it was a down economy and it was hard times and and the shipyards I I was part time and it was nasty and so I wound up wound up landing a job in a newspaper. Not a single vet in the building, you know. Well, holy smokes, I blew those guys away because every single day of my my time as you know in the navy i was working my butt off you so know? how'd you end up here i mean <laughs> indianapolis is the only city in the top 20 i believe that isn't on a navigable waterway yeah yeah that's a <laughs> i can navigate they, the canal they, just fine they haven't they haven't found me yet no <laughs> no i i mean i the newspaper industry was the, my opening you know i went in the newspaper industry and it was right when the internet was really just getting adopted by companies and I happened to work at a newspaper back east. It was the Virginia, it was Norfolk, and uh, and they were just on the bleeding edge of the internet. And so back then you didn't have IT groups. There mm -hmm. there was nobody in IT. It was the electricians and the electronic technicians that hooked up your computers. And so they they sent me to school, sent me to training, started having me program, and uh, you know and and that kind of launched it and moved around. Uh, I wound up moving here because my ex-wife lived down outside of Louisville and I was flying the kids back and forth and I said you know what let me get out to the Midwest and get somewhere closer to her but yeah so it is a long route but there there was there was there was logic in it yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a good thing the kids were involved <laughs> but it, but it, but you know and Blaine and I have talked about this a lot that you know my thing is that <clears throat> I was outside of the military silos, you know, the veteran silos my entire time. Um, I had a site, NavyVets.com, that's that's done really good. But even that, it, it, I was never in the mill bloggers. I, I, I never hung out with anybody, you know, from the military. And uh, it wasn't until, you know, a couple of years ago in Indy, all of a sudden all my friends that I had that were running companies we're all veterans, mm -hmm. you know, and you, we sat there and we were friends for a year before we figured out that we were veterans. And, uh, and so that's what I keep bumping up against is, and, and so I keep telling the, you know, the tech guys, gosh, you gotta get these vets in here running this place. You know, you want, you want people that can run operations. You want, you want people that are dependable. You want people that are fast learners, um, that get the job done. Good God, you know, put, put a vet over, 10, you know, um, 10 kids that just graduated college and you got yourself a hell of a company, you know? Yeah. And so that's our, that's my goal now is, okay, we, we got all this, this big deficit of jobs. We need to start filling it with vets here. Yeah. 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 We work with some employees. You talk about deficits and jobs. One of the problems you run into is employers are running in, especially in those, um, skilled trades, you know, like welders and those sorts of things. There's nobody out there to get, nobody out yeah. there with experience, and they're willing to take just a hardworking individual, you know, preferably a veterans, obviously the ones that we work with, you know, I said, give me this individual. I'll train, I'll train either he or she to do the welding the way it needs to be done. I don't have to, you know, worry about their bad habits they have. Yeah. All those sort, and they're willing to train them, yep. you know, yeah. so, and, it, and that's coming more and more nowadays is, is those types of jobs. There's nobody out there before them because they're retiring. Yeah. I, I have a good story about that. I freelanced for an HR consulting firm for a while, helping them build some training programs and leadership training and stuff, but she needed a little bit of help on recruiting on the side and I need a little bit of extra money. So I helped her recruit for a little bit. And there was this die casting plant out in green, 
field, field east of here, mm-hmm. east of town. It was a little even further than Greenfield's small town. Really small mom and pop die casting shop, but he needed a guy or girl that could work, you know, eight to 12 hour days when they were on in production and do a really specific job of pouring this molten lava metal into this one cast and then being able to lift 25 pounds 150 different times a day and walking up and down stairs and he was like it's a very specific thing and they're gonna have to be able to do it exactly right and then take it off at the right temperature and then cool it to the right spot before they do x y and z he walked me through the whole process and he was like nobody you're not gonna find somebody that knows how to do this and I said no but I bet you if I could find a vet he'll learn how to do it quicker than anybody else and that's what I went out and did I I had to you know be careful about how you do it out on indeed but when I started screening people I wanted to start trying to screen the vets first because they're going to show up at the right place at the right time in the right uniform and they're going to listen they're going to learn and that guy did super well and as far as I know still with the company still molding that same cast Mm -hmm. But, um, and the other side of it was that guy was a super awesome guy and the company was still family owned. And I really wanted, I mean, I wanted that guy to have a really good worker. Sure. Um, but it was a really, it was interesting to your point. He just wanted somebody that was willing to come in and not have bad habits and be trainable and be a hard worker. Mm -hmm. So, so tell us how, uh, how do we find the website? How do we get signed up for a seminar? Um, our website is uh, OGRB.org. Uh, pretty simple. You can hit us on Facebook. You can walk in the office. Um, you, if you hit our website, there's a, a link right on there. You fill out your information, and that goes that comes in through Salesforce, and I get those. And then we just reach out to you and contact you and talk with you about what you want to do, what your goals are, and we, and we get you scheduled for a seminar to attend. Was there just any, that easy. Was there anything else you guys wanted to plug? that we missed that I forgot to ask you about? Go Army, beat Navy. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. This is my favorite episode. (laughs) And and folks can find you on, you mentioned you had a Facebook page and Mm -hmm. Twitter. Yeah, it's Operation Job Ready Veterans. Um, I'm not sure what our Twitter account is. I don't I don't do Twitter so I think it's at job ready vets is it at job ready vets or hashtag job ready whatever it is on Twitter. We'll put it all up there. Yeah, we'll put it all on the podcast uh, about section and uh don't forget march 6th march 6th 5 30 yep. here at the speakeasy hope you guys could come to that that'd be awesome um wes and i are speaking on a panel for tech warriors um okay uh if anybody you know is brand new to the podcast hasn't listened before the speakeasy has memberships for veterans for 25 dollars a month it's a co-working space for veterans that are um you know maybe entrepreneurs or work from home and can't work from home because they got three toddlers whatever the case may be it's usually 75 bucks a month there's free coffee free beer um and we do an event every quarter and this month uh wes and i are talking about our different initiatives with invets and circle city vets on a panel there'll be uh beer and food yep and uh doug will be live streaming it and it'll be a good event so if you can come out march 6th yeah, we don't care if you if you're a vet looking for a job or if you're a tech company looking for a veteran. Or if um, you want Doug's autograph. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> any of those things. Doug's a real big deal around Come, here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> At the speakeasy, <laughs> very, very very localized. <laughs> yeah, but we'd love to have you out. Please, yeah, please, absolutely. please come out. And then uh, March twenty seventh, I believe. Twenty sixth. Twenty sixth is the Vietnam veteran 
appreciation um, appreciation yeah. out at Plainfield High School. Um, Senator Donnelly's putting that on, so if yeah. you can make that, uh, check that stuff out. We'll put the link up in the in the yep. bio. Um, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having yeah, us. Yeah, and, th and thanks right. for what you're doing too. So yeah, well, thanks. Really glad, excited. Glad about we got a couple short timers on too. <laughs> <huh>? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, we it's it's rare that we get somebody that's been in the military as short of amount of time as you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. We will catch you next week. Please visit VeteranCast.com for additional information. Subscribe to our podcast, and we'd also appreciate a review. God bless you. And God bless America.